you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. It's Foss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Welcome to the big show, my family and friends. We certainly appreciate you guys having you here and uh, being a part of the big show. If it wasn't for you guys, what would we do with our spare time? Uh, we just, uh, I don't know, we'd sit at the bar drinking or something. <laughs> uh, so, gentlemen, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a uh, most amazing author on the show joining us. Uh, he's going to inspire you to talk about mental health and uh being a, a professional executive coach and uh how to really improve your life and i think his story is going to resonate with you and if not well then go listen to the show again because you probably missed something in the meantime or further show your family friends and relatives go to goodreads.com for chess chris Voss, linkedin.com for chess chris Voss. subscribe to the big linkedin newsletter that's so popular go to uh, youtube.com for says chris foss and chris foss one on the tickety talkity over there so there you go uh justin bryan joins us today he's an author motivational speaker transformational coach and mental health advocate which is the opposite of what i do i'm a mental health broken individual <laughs> so he's going to advocate for us and we're going to learn some stuff from him his newest book came out may 24th 2023 chasing shadows Fighting the Monster Within, which is what I do on Fridays. So uh, there you go. You can pick it up wherever fine books are sold. Uh, Justin is a mental health advocate, inspirational speaker, professional executive coach, and uh, also he is a loving husband and father of two amazing kids. He enjoys coaching his son in all sports he plays in and spending time with his family. He loves to play hockey and is an avid fitness fan. He believes that the power of sharing your story can help those who struggle, ask for help, and realize they're not alone. And that's one of the things we talk about on the Chris Voss Show. We're story collectors here. And uh, stories are the author's or the owner's manual to life. Uh, so, you know, most people don't get an owner's manual. Stories are the way we share, inspire each other, and we learn from each other. Welcome to the show, Justin. How are you? I'm doing well, man. Thank you for so much for having me on this show. Thanks for coming. It's an honor to have you as well. Uh, give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs. Uh, you can find me at justinbryan.com. That's uh, J-U-S-T-I-N-B-R-I-E-N.com. It's like O'Brien, but without the O. There you go. And are you Canadian? <laughs> I am Canadian, as you can probably tell when it says I play hockey. Yeah, the hockey was the tip-off, but yeah, it's the it's the O. Uh, it picks up when you probably say a boot, it'll get really, uh, heavy. <laughs> love our Canadian friends. You guys are the nicest people up there. North uh, of the thing. We try to, I think it's cause you're hanging out with all the moose up there. I mean, that's what it is. Uh, they're pretty docile until you piss them off. I've, I've seen that. Uh, so anyway, uh, give us a, uh, 30,000 overview of the, your book, chasing shadows, finding the monster within. Well, as you can probably tell by the, by the title, you know, I, I, was fighting a monster within, you know, I, I grew up um, with very low self-esteem, low self-worth, low self-confidence. And that just transpired into to substance use from drugs and alcohol to oh. battling 
battling with my mental health, being diagnosed with depression, um, clinical depression, which is uh, like a major depression, uh, anxiety, um, mm -hmm. ADHD at 30 years old. Now I didn't get diagnosed till later in my life. So I didn't even know I had all these things. Wow. Um, but it ultimately led me to becoming suicidal for six straight years. Oh and, no. You know, I, I tell people it's not like I, I wanted to die, but I wanted that pain to end and I didn't know what that pain was. And it was that pain of me not liking myself, the pain of guilt and shame of the things that I was doing. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I ended up putting it in into a book. And mm -hmm. the book walks people through my life, my life through substance use. But then what I learned and how I how what I did to get sober, like I lost I lost my family. My my girlfriend left me with my son at, at six months old because I started hitting the bottle hard again. And I was in no wow. shape to get around. I, I, I don't blame her. Right. Mm -hmm. it was, uh, she did what she needed to do. And that was leave me. And then I, I really started to go down and I'm very lucky to be alive. Um, uh, I woke up one, one day and, you know, there was blood in my bed and pulled back the sheets and, you know, there was a knife and I don't remember doing any of that. Wow. Remember, very fortunate to be here uh, a couple times. Um, I would black out when I drank and, Mm -hmm. You know, I went through rehab a couple times, but I just, I kept saying that I could do this. I could do this alone. I can, you know, I can have one. I could just have that one. Mm -hmm. I proved it time after time that I couldn't have one and that I needed the help. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, finally at uh, January 4th, 2019, I found myself sitting, sitting downstairs in my bed or in my living room. I had tin foils on my windows and I started looking around and I saw, saw pictures of my son. I saw his toys in the corner and, um, I just started thinking, man, man, Justin, you got two choices here, pal. Like you can either, you know, go get help or, or you can end it. And you know, oh. that day I phoned my mom and I said, listen, you need to take me to the hospital. So she took me to the hospital and with my dad to my left, me and my mom in front of me and counselor to the right. It was the first time I admitted out loud that, you know, if I was going to continue to feel the way that I did, that I had a plan and that plan was to end it. And on that day of January 4th, 2019, you know, I've been sore ever since. And, Mm -hmm. Um, I actually got back together three years later, um, with wow. my, uh, son's mother and we have another big girl and that's wow. all ended up going back to school at 30, oh geez, 33, uh -huh. 30, 34 to be a coach, a speaker. And all of a sudden I decided to put everything I learned into a book. So that book goes over my life, what I did, but it's not just a book. It's a workbook. Right. Mm -hmm. There's questions at the end of every single chapter. Okay. That ask you thought provoking questions. And it, it really inspires you to transform, inspires you to make the changes that you need to make. I broke it into three different parts. I have life during alcohol, life after alcohol, and then learning lessons. Mm. In the learning lessons, you got your knees, um, chase, uh, how to make choices, how your choices um, can affect you, building a support network. Um, and like how self-love is best love, how change is actually possible. So in those chapters, it actually gives you more questions to ask yourself. So it is essentially an autobiography chocked full of learning lessons that goes over mental health. It goes over substance use. It goes over the stages of substance use. Um, and it really just, I try to get you to grow. I want you to answer the questions when you go through the book. Even if you don't, if you think you don't struggle, you can pick up on something. I remember... Uh, listening to Grant Cardone's book, 10X, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And he says the difference between rich people and poor people is that a rich person will read the book and say, I got one thing out of it. A poor person will read the book and say, I got one thing out of it. 
Now I want you to read this book. And if you, if you're not struggling with your mental health, or if you don't struggle with substance use, you will still get one thing out of it. Try to do one question. And then maybe that will open up you into a whole new world of, Hey, actually I might need to make a change here. Yeah. Maybe there is something that that's bothering me. Maybe there is an underlying trauma or a relationship that I need to mend. I need to build on. So if you can, even if you don't struggle that, I mean, one out of five, one out of eight people around the world struggle with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And one out of five will have a mental health episode at some point in their life. So that's like one of your friends, one of your family members, one out of the five of those will have a mental health episode. So it really introduces you into mental health, you know, what a, what substance disorder use disorder is, and then really gets you to look deep inside and, well, maybe there's a, a change I need to make. Most definitely. Uh, so tell us about your upbringing. Was there some trauma in your life? What, what caused you to turn towards, uh, you know, some of these self-destructive ways, depression, was there some triggers in your childhood that, uh, caused this? Well, growing up, you know, I think when I look back on it now, I think I had ADHD as a kid. Um, I got diagnosed at 30. Um, mm-hmm. so I was always acting out. I was trying to be the funny man. I was trying to be liked and noticed by everybody. And, you know, <laughs> I was getting myself into a lot of trouble. I get suspended, right? I mm-hmm. used to things, but I got good grades. Right. I was on the honor roll and um, people liked me, but I didn't like me. Uh, yeah. However, there's one, one spot that really kind of, I was kind of bullied um, by my friends, but not in order to hurt me, but you know, I was picked on a lot because you know, I was bo- voted in school most likely to make a girl faint on cue. So I dressed nice. Right. <laughs> and since I acted out a lot, you know, people call me flamboyant. So people would actually make fun of me a lot and, you know, it, it wasn't to, I don't think directly hurt me, hurt me because they're my mm-hmm. friends, but you know, it started to get to me and I started to make my, that my identity. I started to believe it. Wow. Justin, you are that guy. Mm-hmm. But at 10 years old, I remember driving with my stepdad and my stepbrother and he looked at me and he says, Justin, would you fight your stepbrother? I'm like, yeah, for sure. Well, all of a sudden the vehicle veered off the road and he looked at me and he's like, all right, get out. You can fight him right here. Now I looked at him and I just put my head down and I was, I didn't know what to say. You know, I was lost. I was mm-hmm. confused and I put my head down. I got scared and I told him just take me home. Hmm. And that was the first time I ever felt powerless in my life, but it wouldn't be the last. Um, you know, I was, I was whipped so hard one time in PE class by a guy and you know i got a bruise and start i started to bleed but i was so mad but i was i was so scared of people back then i, I was smaller i was a late bloomer as well and this guy was bigger than me and he you know i i watched him fight a couple times in high school so i didn't do anything i felt powerless again and then i i was trying out for hockey teams and i got cut from a few and you know i felt powerless to make those teams again and i didn't have any any way of dealing with what i was going through i didn't understand what i was going through you yeah. know so I didn't know what to do. And, you know, in high school, I didn't drink much. But uh, when I got out of high school, you know, I, I, I found what alcohol gave me. It gave me confidence, mm-hmm. self-esteem, self-worth. Mm-hmm. What I realized everything was giving me was fake. And then all of a sudden, everything as soon as started to take away from me was very real. Lost relationships, yeah. lost jobs, lost self-respect, lost son, lost mm-hmm. partner, right? And it, uh, and it took me a long time to to get that back in my life. and really take back that that control of you know what justin you aren't your thoughts you're not your past you know you have more worth than you think mm-hmm. and to really change those beliefs that you know what ha- happened to me as a kid is uh 
I wasn't in charge or I wasn't responsible for that, mm-hmm. but I'm now responsible for how I, I react to that. You know, my, mm-hmm. my parents got were, were split up at eight years when I was eight years old. And, you know, I eventually went to live with my dad because I didn't get along with my stepdad. And when I look back, you know, he was, he was drinking a lot and it, it was, it was around your my, dad? your dad my, or your stepdad, my stepdad. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You know, you get memories, you get flashbacks that, you know, you kind of see the, the verbal abuse, you know, he went through. And I remember one time I was sleeping in my bed and my mom crawled into my bed. My mom opened my door, crawled into my bed and looking at her and she's scared. And oh. then my door opened again and it was my stepdad and he's, mm. he's peeking in. And I just sat there and I stared back at him and I didn't move. Hmm. I, I guess I was thinking, I dare you to come in. Wow. So, so it sounds like, you know, ADHD, um, you're talking to somebody who had it pretty severely too in my youth. Um, usually it stems, uh, sometimes from trauma and, uh, you know, you're, you're acting out, you're, you're, you're looking for attention and stuff. Do you think that maybe when your parents got divorced that had an effect on you that, uh, how long was it before your, um, stepfather got, came into the picture too, by the way? Not very long after that. Huh. Interesting. Because uh, when, when a man loses a father, it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. It's bigger for a daughter. But um, at a young age, you know, parents getting separated, there's anxiety. Was it me? Uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not saying that's what you felt. But I'm just kind of curious if you think maybe that contributed to, um, you know, some of the issues you were having and how you were trying to overcompensate as a child. Cause we don't know how to deal with it. We're not, we're not built to deal with it at eight years old. No. And you know, I didn't get along with my stepdad. He was completely different. Like, don't get me wrong. Like he, he, yeah. he taught me how to, like, I built a house with him. Like did it. Um, he took me camping. We did rentals together. Like he taught me how to dirt bike and snowmobile. So there were some good times. Yeah. Like he wasn't, he had his issues. Right. And I have nothing against him. Yeah. Um, it's just, he was doing the best he could with what he knew at that time, but he was dealing with his substance use for sure. Yeah. Most parents are, they're doing the best they can. Even, even our natural born parents are doing the best they can, but there is something about that shock and trauma and divorce at losing your father. And, 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 um, were you the oldest child? Yeah. Well, you know, I had an older brother, half brother, but I didn't, I I still barely, barely know him. So you were the second child who's looking for attention. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I hated getting dropped off. Like I see yeah. my dad every couple of weeks and mm-hmm. on the weekend. And then I just, I hated getting dropped off. Like me and him had a lot in common. Like, we we love sports. Right. Mm-hmm. And that he was, he would take me to hockey because he knew he had to kind of thing. And well, I guess he didn't have to, but he still chose to take me. But me and my dad, we just, we had the same likes and loves and we got along and we watched hockey together. Like we, we just bonded. We had that a little more a connection. So I hated being dropped off and, you know, eventually I went to go live with my dad Yeah, at 12 years old. I'm like, you know, I, I'm out of here. I think I need to, I need to go live with him. And I did live with him. And, um, you know, growing up is I got a lot of things that I wanted. You know, I got to play sports. I got to play baseball, hockey. I played volleyball and soccer and school and basketball. And, you know, I got a lot out of that, but, uh, now, you know, seeing a counselor and uh, he looked at me, and I'm, I'm very fortunate that I started seeing a counselor again because mm-hmm. he finally looked at me and said, Justin, you didn't get the love and connection you needed as a kid. Yep. And I looked at him I'm like, man, don't bring my parents into this. I'm like, don't blame them for my, for my well, choices. It's not about blame, though. Yeah. 
it's so, not it's not about blame. People are doing the best they can, but yeah. recognizing that it had an impact is the key. So, yeah. so he said to me, he's like, Justin, I'm not trying to blame them. Yeah. He's like, but you didn't get the loving connection that you needed yeah. as a kid. And so that actually opened up a whole, like a whole, opened up a whole new room. I got to walk into this room. And when I walked into that room, I actually phoned my dad. I'm like, listen, I'm like, this is what this counselor said. And he's like, you know what, Justin? He's like, you know, you probably didn't. He's like, I should have said, I loved you more. I should have picked you up more. Um, he's like, I, I, I finally learned this past summer when I was writing my book, no, this, just before that, sorry, before I finished my book, I got to put it in because I opened up that door because I went to ask for help again, just to, you know, stay up, stay up front. You know, I don't, I don't want to go backwards. I have been backwards. I don't like backwards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'll, you know, fall a little bit, but I'm, I'm going to get myself back out of it or I'll ask for help. So mm -hmm. I did, and he said that, and it opened up the door to that, and I found out that my my dad is an army brat, and he was at mm -hmm. 16. His parents were, he watched them fight, and he's like, maybe I use substances too much, but I didn't have the guidance. I didn't get the guidance mm -hmm. I needed. I didn't. And there's, there's a loss, too. There's a grieving thing and a reaction to the grieving uh, when a loss. So in the divorce... You know, suddenly, you know, this person who's your father and you look up to and, you know, that thing that, you know, father-son uh, relationship, you know, suddenly he's gone or he's taken out of your life and removed. And there's a loss there. And one of the problems that children have is they, we are, they are prepared to deal with it. They're, they're not they're not adults. They don't have a, a, a system set up. So it's a real crisis for them. Uh, and I see this a lot with divorced young men who grow up. Um, it's even worse if they grow up in single mother homes. But uh, um, you, you know, but you you had a comparison between your stepfather and your and your thing. So it's it's great that you identified this. And like I said before, and like your therapist said, no one's to blame. I mean, I, I forgive my parents for whatever sort of transgression I thought they did when I was young and naive. You know, everyone's doing the best they can, but it's great that you identified this. That you crossed that threshold and had that moment where you're like, okay, and you're able to reconcile with your parents too, and maybe they can heal as well. Yeah, no, it was really, it was really good, and I really commend my dad because I was like, Dad, do you, do you care if I put this in my book? And he's like, No. He's like, Honestly, if it can help another dad be a better dad, he's there like, you go. Then I'm all for it. And you know, it's, it's not very easy for for a man to say, be like, Hey. Yeah. You know, I wasn't a good dad, but I'd say I wasn't a good dad for those three years that uh, me and my girlfriend, who's she's now my wife, um, yeah. were broken up. I yeah. put my son in front of the TV. You know, I, I put him in front of the TV because I was I was I had that weighted blanket on me, man. I, I couldn't move. I was so depressed that he would he would have to watch a lot of TV. And yeah. you know, when we first broke up, I actually could only see my son twice a week for four hours at a time. Oh, wow. I couldn't drive with him per court order in my car because mm. I had a equalizer and you know I, I was wild card, I guess you could say. Mm. So I had to earn the biggest thing I ever had to earn, not only my sobriety, was was the right to see my son on a regular basis. Mm. And mm. you know, I wasn't the greatest dad and I, I had to really go back and, and look at that and be like, Okay, now what are you gonna do to, to change that? And you know, I have no problem with telling people that I wasn't good dad. And I'm, I'm not even, you know, I probably, I'm probably not a great dad still. And you know, what, you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Justin, like I'm not a father, but I, I don't know if I would have been, I wouldn't have been a good father either. Um, but, uh, 
I, a lot of fathers that I, I know a lot of fathers that are my age, I'm 55. And a lot of them talk the same way. And I don't think there is a good dad. I don't think there is a perfect dad. I mean, I think you have to give yourself some grace mm-hmm. as a father because, or as a parent or mother or father, you know, there's no instruction manual. No one goes to school for it. Every Everybody just fucking wings it pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of how, you know, you're dating, you're having fun. All of a sudden, hey, baby, whoa, what caused that? You know, they have studies <laughs> now that tell you how that happens. But, uh, you know, people do the best you can. And uh, and some people do good. Some people do better. And I think most, most fathers that I know that are my age, that are my best friends, you know, they kind of feel like at, at their kids are in their teens and they feel like they're, they're doing pretty good, but were they the best fathers? They'll, they're all, I think they're all pretty critical like you are of yourself and it's okay. I think that's what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say is it's okay. And you know, you can always, your whole life, you're going to be able to look back on whether it's your father or your life. You know, I look back on, I don't know, something I did early this morning and go, well, that was dumb. Um, you know, it, it just you just can have these collections of things, but the most important thing is you can do is what you've talked about in your book and what you're talking about is being present, being here, not so much worried about the past, other than you know doing some reconciling, reconciling, and of course, recognizing with these stories, you know how you got to here. But you know, there's no there's no Superman dad, and believe me, I've I've met guys that that people are like, I think he's a, the super dad. They're not, man. Everyone's got a host to their own bag of problems and and issues and and probably regrets of of maybe what they could how they could have been as a father. So, you know, I think one of the lessons you're giving to people is you know give yourself some grace. Yeah. It's okay. You know that's why I never was a dad because I knew I'd be awful. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised what how you can change. But it did take me three years, and you yeah. know, I I like. The fact that I can I can look back now with and give myself some grace, but I can look back and be like, hey, like two months ago, I, you know, I, I did something there. I'm like, that actually wasn't the right move. Yeah, I should I should apologize. Like, yeah. I'm okay. So here's an example. Yesterday we drop off my son at hockey, and um, I had to go to work, and my wife has a earache, like a really mm-hmm. bad one. She's and she's not feeling good. So I told her I tell my son to. Mm-hmm go meet her out in the parking lot after. And I didn't do that. And then she mm-hmm. thought I did. So she kind of gets in an argument with him and it's like, nobody believes me. And so today, like, cause uh, I had to pick him up from school. I had to apologize. I'm like, Hey, I'm like, Dale, like that's, that's my fault. I didn't communicate with you and I'm sorry for that. So I had to apologize to him today. And would I have done that back in the day? I probably would have tried to stick mm-hmm. by my guns and <laughs> yeah. But that's so important because you're teaching your son accountability, truth, uh, self-actualization. You know, a lot of people, you know, and we, were, we were talking about this on the prior show, a lot of parents, uh, and I'm, I don't know how many, but a lot of parents seem to think that if you tell your kid one thing and do another, that somehow they'll believe it, um, what you tell them to do. And kids pick up on your behavior and what you do. If you tell them one thing and you do another, they pick it right up. They go, hey, this guy's full of shit. <laughs> um, you know, sure, man, they're sponges too. Yeah. Yeah, they're sponges, but they they see you and hear you more than I think most parents think. So, you know, my parents are good parents. They, you know, but they told us stuff like "don't lie," and then we catch them lying. I'm like, hey, ah, we catch you doing the line there. You know, ah, you're 
you're not living your truth. So I think it's great that you're honest with your son that way. And, and, you know, you, you show him yourself accountable, you know, part of being a leader and part of being a man is, is not only being a king and being benevolent, uh, but also being able to show that you're, you can be benevolent and that you can, uh, admit when you're wrong and you can apologize and, uh, you know, Otherwise, you just end up a narcissistic, Machiavellian asshole like me. So there's that. <laughs> Don't be like me, folks. Um, but no, I mean, this is the great thing about being a man. You show that there's a full circumference of, of, of character. And that's what you're instilling in your son and what's important. And, you know, your son's seeing that you, you aren't infallible, that you aren't perfect, and that you make mistakes, but you can admit to them, which is probably what your father didn't can self-actualize at the time and couldn't admit to you maybe, or your stepfather. Um, you know, now you can do that. So you're, you're doing, you're on a great path, I think. Well, I, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be as open and honest with him as I can, uh, just to show him that for one, you know, you got to work for things. Uh, yeah. Two, you know, life's not going to be easy. Yeah. That's and the way of being not, a man. Yeah. It's not fair, but to treat everybody with kindness, uh, especially because you don't know their story, right? Yeah. You don't know what someone's going through. You don't know if they lost a job that day, if you lost, if they lost a loved one or they got diagnosed with a mental illness, if they forgot to take their medication, or if they're dealing with generational trauma. You know, one of the things that I learned in coaching that stuck with me the most is all behavior makes perfect sense. And oh, that's interesting. All behavior makes perfect sense. I never heard that before. Yeah. That's why I do the show. So I learn stuff. Yeah. So every someone's acting a certain way for a reason. Now I'm not I'm not saying that that means that it's the best reason. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying don't or let them treat you bad, let them treat you poorly, let them walk all over you. But there's a reason why they're acting that way. So try your best to not take it personally. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the hardest things you can do. It's like, oh, this guy's treating me because and then all of a sudden you get in your head, it's like, well, they're treating me bad because I'm not a good person. That makes sense. I heard somebody say one time, or maybe it was in a book, uh, where someone talked about when people are being evil, they don't really understand they're being evil because either that's how they were raised, being immoral or unethical or whatever sort of character flaw you want to uh, label you want to put on it. But they don't understand. They, they, they just think they're doing what they're doing or defending what they're defending. You know, maybe you talk to somebody about politics and they're on the opposite side of politics, or maybe you talk to somebody about some issue about life or belief system you have. And, and you're like, you know, that, that really, do you see how hypocritical that is? Do you see how stupid that is? Do you see how, um, you know, the opposite of what you think you're trying to accomplish is that, and they don't get it because they, they maybe were raised a certain way. You know, sometimes I see this when I deal with people that, act like shitheads um or, or are morons um and you're like you realize that that was how they were raised that's the only imprint they have to go off of and that's their blueprint and so it, you can't save those people they've got to go on their own journey to figure out how they're fucking up you know kind of like what you went through they've got to go through their cathartic journey um but uh, you know you just can't have those people around you but you know they're they think in their minds that they're trying to do good and they're doing good, and and maybe sometimes they're doing some evil shit. I mean, some, there's some ugly stuff you can do in this world, evidently, uh, if you look at our prisons. Um, mm -hmm. 
and uh and and they just they just haven't gone through that so it, it's it's great that the self-actualization is there and i like how you've put in the book different questions or or uh, workplaces to do that uh now talk to us about what you do with coaching uh i've got your website up give us a website plug here in the middle of the show we'll get a jam in for that real quick uh, it's www.justinbryan.com there you go br ien.com that's justinbryan.com and so tell us what you do there tell us what you do with coaching and you're speaking now and uh doing all this stuff well i take people through a transformational journey i'm a transformational coach mm-hmm. uh, so there, there's a couple options i have a do-it-yourself course on up there that's six weeks mindset reset back to the basics where you just have a video you're you're running through video modules of me speaking of of my face looking at you and telling you or encouraging you, let's say, to mm-hmm. do it week by week, right? Mm-hmm. And then I have my 12-week program where you work with me for 12 weeks one-on-one, and then we go through that journey of what you want to accomplish. And we go over through modules that I've created um, mm-hmm. that bring more self-awareness and mm-hmm. ask thought-provoking questions for you to really get in a deeper dive into what you want out of life. But also we talk about every week, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to create? What do you need more clarity on? Do you need to reframe your thoughts? Do you need to work on your beliefs and give another perspective? Because mm-hmm. we need that on yeah. certain, certain things, on how to approach certain people, on how to make certain decisions. When you know, as people, we want to be like, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay, well, well, what about what about that? Have you tried that idea? Have you entertained that idea? Mm-hmm. So I just work with them on on that to you know, trying to get them that future them that they uh, they want to create. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's awesome. So there's several resources they have there on top of your book. And of course, the book's a great introduction. You're available to speak. You've got, uh, when people want to potentially onboard with you, maybe see if you're a good fit. Is there a way for them to reach out to you and uh, maybe either book a time or, or uh, you know, a call or something? Uh, how do they kind of see if they have simpatico with you? Well, they go to my website, and then there should be a Calendly link in there where they can just book in a time with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can just email me at justin at justinbryan.com. They can check on my Instagram, send me a personal direct message, to, and I'm at, at justinbryan19 on Instagram. You know, I, I love hearing from people. If they mm-hmm. if they read the book, if I'm on a podcast, I'd love to hear just their biggest takeaways. You know, what's their story? Just anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if they're looking for speaking engagements, you know, I've... I've been fortunate enough that, you know, I've lived quite the life. I've, I've worked out north, um, working on rigs. I've managed restaurants. I've played junior hockey. I've worked in mills. Mm-hmm. I got a, a plethora of knowledge that uh, <laughs> experiences, let's say, uh, being a gypsy, where I can speak to a, a, a wide, vi- wide vi- variety sorry, of people. And uh, yeah. I simply speak on mental health, on substance use, on choices. Uh, because everything we do in life comes down to a choice and a decision. What is behind that choice and decision? Well, for me, a lot of it was my mental health and substance use. So I speak on that and personal awareness and talk about, talk about motivation and how they can get from here to here and what I did. There you go. Uh, now, you also have the, I think you may have mentioned this, the Mental Health Menu 14-Day Challenge book, uh, ebook people can get free on your website as well, right? Yeah, so that's just a, a, a mental health menu 14-day challenge. Just takes walks people through um, 14 days of coping mechanisms. 
you know, mm. uh, mental health goals. It's just a 14 page PDF, which is completely free for you to try. There's like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to try this, these different kinds of COVID mechanisms. There's I think maybe 14 on there, or, or there might be more, but it walks you through day by day, gets you to pick ones that you like to do that you can implement every day into your life. And it gets you to try new ones, um, but just one or two. So you don't get overwhelmed because you know, you, you see all these gurus, these influencers and the here's five ways, here's 10 ways on how to improve your life. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do all those 10 things. Well, <laughs> for one, no, you're not. And if you do, you're going to be overwhelmed. There unless, you go. unless you're a super, unless you're a super dad. <laughs> huh? There you go. I like these uh, things that you offer people to help them. Uh, have you ever studied stoicism? Uh, I know. Really of, I know what stoicism is. is yeah, yeah. kind of the like overview of it. Yeah, if you get a chance, I, I advise you and my readers to pick up uh, Marcus Aurelius' Meditations mm. and study Stoicism. It really helps with uh, trauma, and uh, it really helps men a lot, um, and it gets us in our masculine frame of uh, of logic and reason, uh, and and uh, gives us a really good concrete basis. And so, I recommend everyone grab a copy and read it. I keep one by our by the office site here and and uh, spend time going out in the sun and reading it in the morning for my vitamin D. But uh, yeah, good good stuff. I mean, stoicism really helps men. I think it really helps men too that had father issues or mother abandonment issues. Uh, it really helps put us back to our core of of how kind of we're designed and built, and gives us a. I don't know, a real mental rock to, you know, I think you made a comment somewhere in the line of it is what it is, which is kind of a, a tenet of stoicism. Um, you know, the world is not fair and that's the way it is. It's, well, you know, here, here's the thing, you know, it is what it is, but you got to deal with it. You got oh, yeah. to accept it. You got to learn how to forgive. Yeah. It. You got to learn how to work through it. Mm -hmm. um, like I, tried to put my book out as fast as I could because I wanted my role model, my grandfather to be able to read it. Oh. Unfortunately, he passed before it was finished. Um, hmm. I got to read him the chapter about him. Mm -hmm. And I put that chapter in because I really look up to this man. Like, he is mm -hmm. one of the greatest, he is, he, is, he is the greatest man I've ever met. Oh, wow. And you know what? I had to, it, my, it's uh, when he passed, I'm like, okay, it is what it is. Now what am I going to do? So okay, like he may have been your father figure rock when you were growing up, maybe a little bit. Yeah, I, I looked up this man. He was there for his family. He he's just he's quite the man. He he golfed in the summer every day until he was like eighty nine when he passed. He played pickleball. He played hockey. He played baseball, and he did it with one bicep. <laughs> and he was by a cow twice, broken femur, broken ankle. Like damn, I feel like a pussy now because I don't have any broken stuff, and I'm <laughs> not doing any of that. So he's a tough guy. You know, I had the same sort of experience with, with my grandfather. Uh, my grandfather was an alpha male uh, from the old school. I mean, shit, they decided, to, they decided to get a house. They built their house. This is like in the yeah. 20s. They, they're just like, yeah, we, we want a house. Yeah, we're not going to buy one. We're just going to build one. And it's still up today. Uh, the, uh, you know, he was just a rock salt to the earth, man. Uh, and, uh, a, a wonderful, uh, parent father, um, 
it was, I mean, he was tough, but he was loving and kind, but he was, he was the alpha father who set the standard for fathership for me. My, my father was a good man, but he, he had some real feminine issues and problems, um, and weaknesses of character and, uh, you know, but he was a good man. He tried his best and, and he had his moments of, of greatness and goodness. But, uh, you know, it, to me, having my, my grandfather really set that stand, standard for me. And I'm glad you're celebrating him. And that it sounds like he had a, a, probably a bigger impact in your life that you'll, you'll learn more about as you go through life. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. it's definitely something I, you know, you got to work through it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those guys came from an era. Uh, I just feel blessed because I, I, I'm on the cusp of men who went from alphas to betas where men went from logic and reason to, to emotional. Uh, and we live in a society that tries to, to promote emotionalism and being emotional and stuff. And this is why stoicism is so important because you can have emotions as a man, but you've got to have logic and reason that doctor them. Otherwise, you're just, you might as well just go be a woman, really. Um yeah, you know, emotion. Women are very emotionally based. Men are supposed to be logical and reason based. And this is, you know, people that struggle sometimes because they don't have that father figure in their life, or they don't have a good stoic alpha male in their life. They they end up, you know, this is where we got the participation trophy generation and and all this other crap that we're dealing with these days in society. And so it's just real important. But I'm glad you celebrated him and and recognized him in your book. Mm, yeah, thanks. Well, I, I, I believe that uh, in when I took the Tony Robbins, you know, strategic mm -hmm. intervention course, it's men need to have the masculine part mm -hmm. and the feminine part. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to show your emotions, talk about what's going on, because the longer you keep it in, it's going to eat from the inside out. And then you're going to turn into a man yeah. that you don't like, a man that's going to push people away, a man that's going to be, you know, feared. And then you're going to start to fear yourself. Mm -hmm. But it's good to be a man. Yeah, to be able to stick yeah. up for your family, stick up for yourself. You know, you got to have that self belief, but it's good to have that feminine part where you know, which is a little more caring, compassionate, and kindness. And you know, it's just women are are tentatively, you know, they do that more. It's natural. It's more natural for them than yeah. it is, man. Especially from how people and for how you were raised and you know the experiences you go through. But it's it's good to have both parts. Right. Definitely. I mean, you have to have balance, but the yeah. the challenge is one does not overrule the other or. Uh, Emotions don't overrule it for a man. Yeah, um, no. If you start yeah, to get you have to, your emotions, yeah, especially when you start to make mistakes, you start yeah. to make stupid decisions. If you mm -hmm. let emotions lead your decisions and your choices and your actions, well, then you're going to get yourself into a lot of trouble. Mm -hmm. And that's what I did. I'm sad. I'm going to do some yeah. cocaine. I'm sad. Yeah. I'm going to drink some beer. Or drink yeah. some straight vodka. Like, or, right? Or you're going to say something you don't mean and you shouldn't be saying. Yeah. There's an old line from, uh, was it The Godfather? Uh, Women and children can make mistakes. Men can't. Um, you know, we're, we're expected to hold to a different standard. We have to deliver. We have to perform. We spend a life building who we are. We're not born into our, our agency. Um, we have to build agency. We have to contribute to the world. We have to contribute to a family and provide for them and protect. And um, we spend a lifetime doing that. Most men do not peak on their value until they're about 50, 55, my age now, uh, where they make their most money, they make their most resources, they have their head uh, completely put together. It takes a long time for us to, to get to that point because we're valued for our resources, what we provide. We're not valued for beauty or youth or femininity. 
um we we you know the world whips the crap out of a man if he doesn't stand up and do what the world expects you to do or society expects you to do which is to produce make something of yourself and make enough of yourself that you can give it to a family and build a family and contribute to the world and so it's tough being a man um but yeah you can't have emotions really you need logic and reason you can have emotions i think some people think that stoicism means you're emotionless or that you pack away emotions and it's not it means that you can look at your emotions and not let them control you like the wind or or like the sails and you, you know you i can look at my emotions i can feel things and go okay well that that feeling kind of sucks but you know i'm not going to go like you said make bad decisions based on my emotions yeah. I, i'm going to be calm and i'm going to look at it from a logic and reason standpoint and go well that's a great little emotion you got there chris and uh, it's okay to feel that and uh, okay great we did that and now let's try and figure out a way to maybe overcome why you're feeling that way and you know that we have different logical ways we can process that so it's really good stuff final thoughts as we go out and pitch to pitch to listeners to work with you uh well first i think it's really important to get men to feel safe enough to 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 say how they feel um to be able to say hey you know what i'm not having a good day to ask for help because unfortunately in this world you know one person every 40 seconds takes takes their life and 75 percent of that is men so I think it's, it's, it's to get men to feel safe enough to ask for help and to, you know, not be embarrassed about it. Like, right? we all struggle, but it's okay to ask for help. Um, last final thoughts. <laughs> uh, I, if, if you like this episode, um, if you have a story, you just want someone to talk to, please reach out to me, www.justinbryan.com or at justinbryan19 on Instagram. Or email me, justin at justinbryan.com. I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode, how your life is going, and uh, I look forward to chatting with you. There you go. And I think there's a lot of young men who maybe have gone through your journey uh, where they're struggling to find themselves, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, alcohol addiction. We had someone on in the prior show that had alcohol addiction problems when they were growing up and, and, and things in youth. And so it's so great to see someone like you going through the cathartic times and surviving because some people don't, you know, and, uh, and it sounds like you ran pretty close to the edge. And so it's quite the inspirational story of, uh, of coming back. I mean, it's, it's great that you got back together with the, uh, original mother, your child, and, and now you're building a healthy family and you're on your way, Justin. So I highly commend what you're doing, man. And I hope people will work with you and support you and uh, bring you out to speaking gigs and, and, uh, hear your story because there, I, there's people out here that need to hear your story and that's what makes it so important. Oh, I appreciate that. And Hey, if you, if you ever need a book, pick up chasing shadows, fighting the monster, fighting the monster within, if not for yourself, for somebody else, you know, I've had people tell me that a lot of men actually, Holy cow. I feel the same way or Hey, there's yeah. that man up stigma. Cause I lived by that man up stigma and it almost took my life. Yeah. And then that fired my internal dialogue, but I've had people say, Hey, I had to skip chapters. I had yeah. to skip this part. Cause it, it's heavy. There's more in that book than I've, I've uh, talked about today. So you do be ready to, 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 <laughs> read a story right and there you go give us your dot com one more last time www.justinbryan.com there you go uh thank you very much justin for coming on the show order of the book folks wherever fine books are sold chasing shadows finding the monster within stories of the great owner's manual life uh thanks for tuning in be good to each other stay safe and we'll see you guys next time <laughs>